Previously, on that Bible story you've probably never heard. Now your whole house will die. You know the prophecy. But if he kills Elon, he'll be the king. But when the army hears, how do you think they will react? With vengeance. I will reign in the end. I'm Zimri. It is time for a new king. What? Are we going to return to Tirza and take vengeance for our king? All of this was mine. Mine. If I can't have it, then no one will. Isn't it obvious who the king should be? A fair fight in the field of battle to determine Israel's king. Finally, I have won the throne. I'm Drew Hill, and you're listening to That Bible Story You've Probably Never Heard. This is part two in the Rise and Fall of the House of Ahab series, The Fall of the House of Ahab, found in 2 Kings 9 and 10. After years of idolatry and persecution of God's prophets, Ahab and Jezebel are still on the throne. They finally crossed the line when Jezebel had Naboth killed so Ahab could claim his vineyard. The prophecy of destruction that had foretold the end of Jeroboam and Baasha was given by Elijah. Ahab did something shocking. He humbled himself. God again postponed the judgment until the time of Ahab's son. Ahab formed an alliance with Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. Ahab died in battle, and his son took the throne. After a short reign, he also died. This left his brother Jehoram in control. Jehoram did not follow Baal like Ahab, but he did continue to serve Jeroboam's golden calves. The son of Jehoshaphat, also named Jehoram, had married Athaliah of Ahab's family. They brought Baal worship to Judah. His son Ahaziah became the king and continued the idolatry under the influence of his mother. Jehoram of Israel and Ahaziah of Judah went to a battle against the Syrians, and Jehoram was injured. He went to get treated in Jezreel, and Ahaziah came to visit him. The stage was set for the long-awaited consequences of Ahab's actions. Elisha the prophet, the successor to Elijah, is waiting for a young prophet. Elisha? Come in, my son. Why have you called me? I have an important mission for you to complete. The time of God's judgment on the house of Ahab has finally come. You must complete the third step. What will I do? God told Elijah to anoint me as his successor, Hazael as the king of Syria, and Jehu as king of Israel. Elijah appointed me, I appointed Hazael, and now you will anoint Jehu. Here, take this box of oil and go to Ramoth-Gilead. When you get there, find Jehu and take him into an inner chamber. Then pour the box of oil on his head and say the Lord has anointed him king over Israel. Then open the door and flee. I'll do as you say. The young man did as Elisha said and came to Ramoth-Gilead, where the war against the Syrians had been ongoing for a while. It was near here that Ahab sustained his fatal wound. When the prophet got there, all the captains of the forces were waiting outside the headquarters. They looked up as the prophet walked closer. I have a message for you, Captain. Which one? As you can see, you have a lot of captains here to talk to. You, Captain. I see. Is this a private message? Yes, I should tell you in the house alone. Let's go. The two men walked into the house. As Jehu turned, the prophet pulled the box of oil out of his cloak and poured it over his head. What? What do you want me to do? Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over God's people, Israel. Your duty is to destroy the whole house of your master Ahab. You will avenge my prophets and all my servants that he and Jezebel killed. All of them must die. Not one will escape. His house will be like that of Jeroboam and Baasha. The dogs will eat Jezebel in the street, and no one will bury her. The prophet turned to the door and ran. Jehu waited for a moment, pondering the grave responsibility he had been given. What should he do? 
His men could kill him for treason. He slowly exited the house. Is everything okay? What was that crazy guy here for? You know, just a messenger. That's a lie. He was one of those prophets. What did he really say? Well, he told me God had anointed me as the new king. There was a tense moment of silence. Then all the men began moving at once. They took off their coats. Come over here. Stand at the top of the stairs so everyone can see. They spread the coats under him. One grabbed a trumpet. Jehu is king! Jehoram is in Jezreel tending to his wounds. If you are really in, then we need to secure the city so no one escapes to tell it in Jezreel until I have arrived. Someone fetch me my chariot. The chariot was brought, and Jehu and his men drove like the wind to Jezreel. On to vengeance! The king of Israel, Jehoram, had gone back to Jezreel after being wounded by the Syrians in his wars with Hazel, the king of Syria. He was recovering there, having no idea that his own soldiers were even now on the way to kill him. His cousin, King Ahaziah of Judah, the southern half of Israel, had come to visit him. I see a company out into the distance. What is it? Oh, there's a group of soldiers coming. If it's an enemy band, we should be able to hold them off. But it could be some of my own men, or a group of ambassadors. Send a horseman to intercept them. Just have him ask, is it peace? The messenger from the king thundered out of the city to the oncoming band. The king demands to know, is it peace you are coming for? What do you have to do with peace? Get in line behind me. The messenger went out and spoke to them, but he's not coming back. Send another messenger. King demands to know, is it peace? What do you have to do with peace? Get in line behind me. The second messenger isn't coming back either. Wait, I think I recognize the leader of the band. Who is it? He's driving like a maniac, and there's only one person I know who drives like that, and that is Jehu. My captain, this could be really bad or good. I don't like the looks of this. Get my chariot ready. Are we going out there? Yes, I can't wait. I need to know what he wants. It must be important for him to leave this battlefield at a time like this. The two kings prepared their chariots and went out to face Jehu, stopping next to the field of Naboth, which had brought God's curse in the first place. The oncoming company halted as Jehu faced down Jehoram. Are you here for peace, Jehu? What peace? So long as the adultery and witchcraft of your mother Jezebel are so many. Treason! Ahaziah, it's treachery! Get out of here! Now! The two chariots turned as the kings ran away. Jehu reached for his bow. He aimed, pulled it as far back as he could, and let loose. He was a captain for good reasons, and the arrow found its mark. The arrow went through Jehoram's heart, and his chariot rolled to a stop as Jehoram sunk down. Bidgar, you remember when we were riding for Ahab? How Elijah's prophecy against him said God would require his blood in this piece of ground that he murdered Naboth for? Yes, my king. Now it has come. Throw his body on the land Ahab wanted so bad. They threw Jehoram's body into Naboth's vineyard. Meanwhile, Ahaziah was close enough to see what had happened, and he took off past the garden house and out into the plain. He's a cousin of this cursed house. Kill him in his chariot, too. Jehu's men caught him and mortally wounded him. He managed to escape to Megiddo, but died there. Meanwhile, Jehu had returned to Jezreel. He rode back to the gate of Jezreel, looking for the worst of the whole lot. His target was already waiting for him. Great queen, I have terrible news. What? Your son, King Jehoram, is dead. Jehu killed him and is now even chasing down Isaac, the king of Judah. You must flee. Shut your mouth, flee from some pew 
run. I will face him and remind him what happens to traitors. Jezebel prepared herself. She knew she was probably going to die. Before Jehu got here, she had to prepare herself for how she wanted to look. She painted her face just like all the great queens of her ancestors in Zidonia. As Jehu came through the gate, she opened her window wide and spoke. Had Zimri peace when he killed his master? Jehu knew the story, how Zimri's revolt had lasted all of seven days before he burned the palace down over his head with Omri's forces just outside the city. But he also knew that this is what God said, and God's words never fail. Who's on my side? Who? Inside, three servants heard him. We just can't help him. Are you kidding? He already killed two kings. I, for one, don't want to be on his bad side. And what's Jezebel ever done for us? It's settled. The servants stepped out to the window, shoved Jezebel aside, and poked their heads out. Throw her down! The servants picked her up and threw her out of the window. Jezebel screamed as the ground rushed up to meet her. Then it was over. The fall from the high window killed her instantly, but Jehu wasn't taking any chances. He ran his chariot right over her and then stepped down. Is anyone else hungry? I'm starving. Come on, men. Let's dine like kings. They feasted for a while. <sighs> Somebody go out there and bury the cursed woman. Even after everything she's done, she's still a king's daughter and deserves at least a burial. The men went out, but all that was left was her skull, her hands, and feet. They went back in and gave him the news. Everything is happening just like God said. He said her body would be eaten by dogs, and people wouldn't even be able to say this is Jezebel. Jezebel and Jehoram were gone, but Ahab still had 70 other sons that were in Israel's capital, Samaria. Jehu sent a message to the rulers of that city. I have a letter from Jehu for you. Read it. As soon as this letter reaches you, since you have all your master's sons, a walled city, chariots, horses, and arms, choose the best one and set him on Ahab's throne and fight for Ahab's house. Signed by Jehu, the king of Israel. We can't fight him. Did you hear what he did? Two kings couldn't stop him. How could we? We need to send a message to him before he comes and wipes us out too. They sent their message back to Jehu. The elders of Samaria have returned a message, King Jehu. They said, we are your servants. We'll do anything you want. We won't make it, King. Fine work. I'll send another messenger to them. Jehu's messenger returned to Samaria. I have another message from Jehu. He said, if you're really on my side and you'll follow my instructions, then bring the heads of Ahab's sons to me in Jezreel tomorrow. I guess we don't have a choice, do we? Get them in. The elders of the city followed the instructions, killing the seventy sons and sending the heads and baskets to Jehu. Jehu had them placed next to the gate and waited until morning to make his move. As morning dawned on his first full day as king, he stood by the gate and spoke to the people who assembled. You were all good and innocent people. I conspired against the king and killed him. But who killed all these? Now you'll know that nothing of what God has said about the house of Ahab will fail. Everything he told Elijah he would do is done. What were the people going to say to the man who had killed two kings and a queen, whose terror was already so strong that a different city had killed 70 people for him? After his speech, he headed out to Samaria to complete his gory mission. As he went, he met a group of men coming to Jezreel. Who are you? We're Ahaziah's family from Judah. We're just coming to greet the royal family. Take them! What is this? I'm afraid the royal family is dead. Furthermore, your king is dead as well. Bitkar. Take them to the pit by the sheep shearing house and kill them. Jehu's men did as he said and killed all 42 of them. Jehu continued on his way and met another man. Jehonadab? Jehu, my old friend. They exchanged pleasantries, and then Jehu had him come up into his chariot. Are you still following your promise to not drink wine and live in tents? 
Yes, my family is going to abide by our promise to the Lord forever. Well, wait until you see my zeal for the Lord. Jehonadab had made a vow with his family to God that they would never live in houses or drink wine, choosing to dwell in tents. Jehu, however, had a very different idea of zeal for God. His focus was on completing the job the prophet had given, and thoroughly. He came to Samaria and killed every single family member of Ahab left. However, he had another plan to orchestrate that seemed to run counter to his goals. People of Israel, you all know Ahab claimed to serve Baal, but he made a mistake. He only served Baal a little. I'm going to serve Baal much, much more. What are you going to do? To begin my new reign, I want all the prophets of Baal, all his servants, his priests, everyone who names the name of Baal. They need to come here, for I will do a great sacrifice to Baal, the likes of which no one has ever seen. What if someone can't make it? If anyone doesn't come who should be there, they don't deserve to live. Proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal in three days. Send messengers to all Israel, so every Baal worshiper will be here. Jew turned to go back into the palace. Jehonadab stood in the door waiting. What about your zeal for the Lord? Jehu didn't say anything. He only smirked and motioned for Jehonadab to follow him. The messengers went through all Israel. Since there was plenty of evidence that Jehu could and would fulfill his promise to those who didn't come, all those who served Baal came from all over Israel. The temple of Baal was filled. Jehu told one of the priests to bring vestments for all the worshippers to wear. Then he made an announcement. Make sure there are none of those worshippers of the Lord God here. We can't have them ruin our feast, or Baal will be displeased. Jehonadab, please inspect the crowd. Jehonadab grinned and looked through the crowd. Any servants of the Lord were ferreted out and forcibly removed, possibly fearing the wrath of Jehu. If Jezebel and Ahab only served Baal a little, and they killed the servants of God, what would this man do? Jehu and Jehonadab went outside where Bidkar was waiting with 80 soldiers. Jehu stood before them. I have gathered all the worshippers of Baal in Israel. They are all in there. Your job is simple. If any one of them escape, whoever let them go will take their place. I think we understand. Good. Now if you'll excuse me, I have to make the sacrifice. The last sacrifice to Baal in Israel, if I can help it. Jew went inside and offered the sacrifice. Then he came out and gave his orders. Go in and kill them. Let no one escape. This is the day Baal dies in Israel. The soldiers did their job. All the worshippers of Baal were killed. Ji wasn't done, as he then had the images of Baal burned. The temple was destroyed. All that was left of Ahab and Jezebel's Baal worship was ended. Well done on destroying Baal. I'm sure God will be pleased. Yes, the Lord God. I suppose you will restore the worship of God. No, what more can he give me? I've got the throne, killed my enemies. But he's the one who gave you the throne. He's the one that deserves all the glory. But I've done what he said. I took out Ahab's house and even ended Baal worship. But if you don't serve him yourself, what good is it? What will you serve? The gods from the beginning of Israel split. The two golden calves of Jeroboam. Don't you see? I'm in the same place as he was. If the people go to Judah to God's temple, they could unite against me. Let me warn you, Jehu. If you turn from God now, your house will end up like the ones that were destroyed. And I want no part of it. I will serve the Lord no matter what you do. Goodbye, Jehu. Jehonadab, wait! God spoke to Jehu. He commended Jehu for obeying his will and destroying the house of Ahab and told him that he would have sons who would reign into the fourth generation, making it the longest dynasty in northern Israel's history. But Jehu never chose to serve God completely, following the calves of Jeroboam instead. Just think if Jehu had chosen to give his life over to God completely. Maybe he would have had a dynasty that lasted for Israel's history, like David. Jehonadab died, but his children followed his example. In the time of Jeremiah, 
After northern Israel had been carried away and Judah was facing the same fate, God promised that there would always be a descendant of Jehonadab alive. It's easy to claim God in time of need or when we want something. But what about when it's no longer convenient? Will we turn away like Jehu, or will we be people after God's own heart like David? You know, David's line continues today because Jesus came through the line of David. His reign is eternal, proving that God keeps his promises. However, Jehu actually missed one member of Ahab's house. One more had to fall for the prophecy to be complete. Next time, in that Bible story you've probably never heard, the thrilling conclusion of the rise and fall of the house of Ahab. I'm so sorry, my queen. But Jehu has killed your son. Not my son. There's nothing you can do about it now. Oh, but there is. All opponents must die. The house of David is tonight. Where can we hide? The temple. Joash may be the only one left. We've endured six long years under Athaliah. The time has come for the rightful heir to the throne to rise. <laughs> I'm the new king now? Tell me more about my father. You don't have to repeat his mistakes. Jehoiada always told me I didn't have to repeat my father's mistakes. But Jehoiada is no longer with us. Will you join them or hold to the ways of the past? The Final Target. Today's show, The Fall of the House of Ahab, was written, edited, directed, and produced by Drew Hill. Music composed by Drew Hill. In the cast you heard Durant Hill, Jackson Hill, Landon Hill, Dylan Van Antwerp, Mike Claggett, Michael Johnson, Timothy Johnson, James Gans, Debbie Stacy, Dennis Stacy, Chad Roberts, Jacob Williams, Tim Williams, Jonathan Claggett, Lucas Sanders, Paul Randall, and myself, your host, Drew Hill. Tune in next time for part three of The Rise and Fall of the House of Ahab, The Final Target. Good night. Mm -hmm.